You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. Good morning, Harvest. Well, welcome to our online presentation of our church service today. I just want to give a big shout out to the team that's worked so hard, so many hours to make this possible so that we could be here together this morning. I wish I could see you. I know you can see me. At least I hope you can see me. Reminds me of when I was a little kid. There was a show that we used to watch called Romper Room. Never mind. I'm not explaining what the show was. But we would all watch as little kids because the host of the show, and it was kind of a teacher classroom setting, had a magic uh, mirror that she would look through. And at the end of the show, so you would wait until the end, she would say, and I see Susie and Jimmy. And every week I'd wait to hear her say, I see Roy. Never happened, but I stay tuned in. I hope you'll stay tuned in today as we're the church coming together today on the Internet. So big shout-out to those that just work so diligently. Hey, if you need a set of notes, I hope you have them. If not, you had some instructions of how to get them. You can download those right now. Here we go. We're going to be doing our next installment of Thriving in the Thick of It, Part 6. I really think this is a timely series. Little did we know that we'd all be in the thick of it and wanting to thrive, wanting to make sure we got through this difficult time of our lives. So as we look at what we call Good Friday, it's great for us. Jesus suffered. He died. He took our sin uh, on the cross. He suffered pain and rejection, our punishment for sin. And so it was great for us, but it really was. Jesus's worst day of his life. And we're looking at this uh, throughout this series to understand how we can get through, how we can endure the thick of things and actually thrive in the thick of things. And so here's our verse. We've been looking at it all through our series. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it. And that's what we're doing. We're studying. I hope you're taking notes right now. We have some fill in the blanks and you'll be able to find those. And there's some things today that we're going to talk about that aren't in the notes. And I hope you note takers will write them down. And I hope those of you that are not note takers will write them down. (laughs) So we want to study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Sometimes it's easy for us to lose sight of this relationship that we're in with Jesus, how he's faithful, he's for us and not against us. We want to be reminded today that we can get through, we can make it, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything. He could put up with anything. Now, you and I can't put up with everything and anything, but we want to be better at it. We want to thrive in the thick of it, the cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there at the place of honor, right alongside God. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray for everybody that's watching today, coming to service today, uh, this way at Harvest. As we just gather together today, thank you for the anointing that comes for the preaching of the Word. Thank you, Lord, that those that are hearing. I want to pray, Lord, for somebody that maybe doesn't attend Harvest, but they're watching today. Oh, Lord, let them know they belong. They belong to you. You love them so very much. Let them today encounter you in a powerful way through this medium, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said 
Yeah, I'm going to ask you to interact, even though you're not in the room today. And uh, let's, let's just do that as we, as we look at the Scriptures. So our lesson today comes from uh, John chapter 19, verse 30. And Jesus says, it is finished. But I want to look at this from a just slightly different perspective than I've preached it many, many times. Most often I'll preach this as it's finished, we have victory in Christ. It's finished, there's nothing more for us to do. It's finished, there's nothing more that God has to do. But I want you to see that this declaration, it is finished, actually is not Jesus' final saying. It's not the final thing he's teaching us as we're looking at these seven saints. We're going to look at that next week. So he actually declares it's finished before it's finished. And that's really the essence of what I want to leave you with today, that Jesus knows the beginning from the end. And even though he was in the middle of it, for him it was finished because he knew what it would look like at the end. Right now, you and I do not know what tomorrow holds. In fact, we sing a song about that, don't we, in worship. Uh, I, I, I wrote it down just so I could remember it myself. And it, it goes this way. As I walk now through the valley, let your love rise above every fear. Like the sun shaping the shadow, in my weakness, your glory appears. Can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in the middle is the place where your promise will be. Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. And so this morning as we look at Jesus' teaching us, when we're in the middle he knows the end. And that's an assurance. That's a deep assurance that it brings us today. Be assured, here's our lesson, there is a purpose and an end. I want you to be assured today. I'm not going to give you answers for COVID-19. I'm not even going to offer you solutions today. My job today is to help us all have a deep assurance that God is with us. God is for us. God will be through all of this. We are in the middle of something. We don't know what tomorrow will bring, but Jesus does. And he's able to declare, hey, you're going to get through this. I've already seen the very end. So as we look at this idea and this thought, be assured, I believe the Holy Spirit's bringing assurance to us all today. He's bringing assurance to you today, especially if you're somebody that's watching today and you don't normally come to harvest. I just want to welcome you. I want to tell you today, God wants to bring you assurance. We have a ministry team on hand right now, and if you need assurance, you already know what I'm talking about. There's a phone number that you can uh, um, call today, and somebody will be there to pray with you and answer the phone today, even during this presentation. I want to look at the life of Job just for a moment. It's actually the oldest book in the Bible. The Bible isn't written chronologically. The books of the Bible are in their positions based on the kind that they are. And Job is poetry and some history. And so uh, those that compiled the Old Testament placed it in a grouping of books, uh, not necessarily, even though it's the oldest book at the beginning. And so as we read the story of Job, Job experiences the worst absolute day of his life, week of his life, months of his life. Something so horrible happens to Job. He loses his family, his children, everything he owns, his business. Everything is wiped out in moments. We actually alluded to Job just a couple of weeks ago, and his response was to worship God. But even Job, whose first response was to worship God, he began 
to do what you and I often do, and that is to begin questioning God. God, what are you doing? If I were God right now, I'd be doing this just a little bit different. And so Job spends a number of chapters kind of complaining, kind of just saying, God, where are you? God, what are you doing right now? And I want to kind of pick up this story uh, about Job. And, uh, and as he spends so many chapters kind of doing that, uh, we, we read this. It says, I call to you, O God, but you never answer. Have you ever felt like that? Look at the exaggeration in the verse. You never answer. We know that's not true. But we feel that way, right? In our heart of hearts, uh, we just feel like, God, where are you? What are you doing? Last week, as, as we looked at Jesus' own cry, my God, my God, why? And Job is asking, why? God, you never answer. Well, of course, God does answer us, but not always the way we want and not always the answer we want. He says, when I pray, you pay no attention. Again, not really the truth of the matter. There's an exaggeration in the complaint. We've all experienced what Job is experiencing in these moments. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of a storm. There's a shift here in the story. It's almost as if God has said, okay, for 30-some chapters, Job, no, not literally, the chapters were put in after, but in the dialogue, all of this time, Job, I've let you vent, I've let you rage, I've let you pour it all out. And then God begins to speak to Job. He said, as, uh, um, as, he, as he begins to speak to Job. The Lord spoke to Job out of the storm, and he said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? And what I want you to see today is, because we don't see the whole picture, oftentimes as our heart is complaining, and God's all right with that, but he wants you to learn how to have assurance today, how to thrive in the thick of it, understand that God knows the beginning from the end, and we're going to trust God in the middle of this. We often have words without the knowledge of the end. In fact, all the time we don't have knowledge of the end. We're not God. We don't see the end of things. We only know where we are in the beginning, in the middle. And so he says, brace yourself like a man. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of sobering. God says, now you get ready. I'm going to ask you some questions. I will question you, and now I want some answers from you. Well, God says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me. Think about it. The God of heaven, the creator of the universe, says to Job, were you there when I dug out the very universe's uh, foundation? Uh, he said, if you can understand, tell me. <laughs> God's being a little sarcastic. You have to really read the Scripture and put yourself in the place. And God's really doing that with us today, saying, really, do you really understand how big I am? Really, today, do you understand how powerful I am? And though there's a bit of a sarcastic overtone, he's not, God's not doing this in a way to condemn us. But in a way, and in a sense, saying, I need you to know how powerful I am. I need you to understand, Job, that I was there and you weren't. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. <laughs> there it is again. Who stretched a measuring line? Who was holding the tape measure when I was doing the renovation of the universe? And Job answered the Lord, and, and he realizes at that moment. He kind of comes, comes to the end of himself, and he says, God, I'm unworthy. I can't answer these questions. How can I reply to you? I'm going to put my hand over my mouth. <laughs> I spoke, but I have no answer. Twice, but I will say no more, God. And in that moment, 
He has a revelation of who God is. I want you to have that revelation today. That's why we're taking time to do this. I want you to have an assurance today that God knows the beginning from the end. I want you to have the same revelation that Job had. I want it today. I'm preaching this so I can have it, so you can have it. And Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. What a confession. See, something's shifting now in Job's spirit. Something's taking place in his perception and his perspective, and I want that to happen to us today. You can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Nothing can come against God. Uh, the coronavirus cannot come against God. The economy taking a turn cannot come against God. We might be in the middle, but God knows the end. You asked who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? <laughs> Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. You know, that's really where we have to get today. I don't understand God. You see, if we could understand Him, we'd be God. We really, there's so many aspects of God that we just don't understand. We have to accept by faith and trust Him. Things too wonderful for me to know. Things too wonderful for me to know. They're too grand. They're too large. And as we find ourselves in the middle today, we can be assured that there's a bigger picture. In fact, I can tell you today, no matter what you might be going through, on the other side of this, you will say, I understand. I see a bigger picture. Wow, I can't even believe how God used my thick of it to bring an answer to prayer, to bring something to his glory as we see it down the road a little bit more. But I can't see that today, and you can't see that today. But we're going to learn to thrive by understanding Jesus is saying, it's finished as far as God. God's already at the finish line, and he's going to walk with us all of the way. Job went on. He's, you said, listen now, and I will speak, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. And Job said, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Here at Harvest, one of the things we want for every single person is for you to know God. We say it this way. We want you to know God. We want you to deal with yesterday and find freedom from whatever life has brought you. God can do that. We want you to know that God has, has uh, given you a purpose and a plan. Not only do you have a purpose and a plan and God wants to fulfill that in your life, it'll make a difference in somebody else's life. Job shifted. And we all need, whether you are a Christ follower today or you're just watching today wondering what this is all about, we've all been in the place of Job. My heart is that you would come to this place. My eyes have seen you. I, I knew about God. I'd heard about God. But something shifted where I saw God. I experienced God. And that can be your story today. You see, when that happens, we can go through anything because we understand that God is with us. So many of us see God as angry, a God that's against us and not for us. Today I want you to know that God loves you so very much. He's for you. I want you to come to the place where you can know that God is for you. He loves you, and your eyes can experience that. You can experience God for yourself today. As we understand what Job understood, I, I want to give you some points what God is like. He's not an angry God. He's not against you. He placed his anger for our sin on Jesus on the cross. We call that Easter. We're getting ready to celebrate Easter. And that is good news because it means that I can come to God. I can know God and know a God that is for me, that loves me, 
and wants to be a part of my life. Here's some things that we can know about God today. Number one, that God is all powerful. That's Job understood it. He said, I, I don't just hear it. It's not just theology, but I've seen it. He experienced the all-powerful God. The theological word is omnipotent, all-powerful. Here's some scriptures that help us with that. In Colossians chapter 1, it says, for everything, absolutely everything. Say everything today. I know you did. <laughs> everything got started in him talking about Jesus, and finds its purpose in Him. He was there. Jesus was at the beginning of time when God was creating. He was there before any of it came into existence. Look now. Look at this. And He holds it all. Right now, He holds it all together. He's the author. He's the finisher. He created it. And He literally holds the atoms and the molecules of the universe together right up to this moment. There used to be a song, and it somehow got associated with Coca-Cola in a commercial after it was written. But he, he holds the whole world in his hands, and it's true this morning. Jesus holds everything together. He's all-powerful. He is omnipotent. You know, I would rather trust in an all-powerful God than trust in a really limited me. And that's where we have to get today. He is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. We say it this way, uh, the theological word or the fancy word, if you want to learn it, is omniscient. Omni in Greek meaning all and, and science. He has all knowledge. God knows what you and I don't know. We have limited understanding. But Job understood God has complete understanding. Jesus said, as he's teaching us to thrive in the thick of it, it's finished. But it wasn't finished yet. But in God's perspective, it's already finished. He is at the finish line. It helps us thrive today. God knows everything. He knows about everyone, everywhere, according to Hebrews chapter 4, 13. Everything about us is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. Nothing can be hidden from Him. Another truth today that we can kind of put into our foundation of understanding. And I hope it's more than just hearing today, but like Job, you'll see it. You'll go, wow, I can see it. You're experiencing it even as we're talking about this today. God is ever-present. Or we say it this way, omnipresent. This is one of my favorite attributes of God because no matter where I am, God's already there. <laughs> Before I get there, God's there. God's already in tomorrow before I get to tomorrow. God's already in next week before I get to next week. God's already in my home, in my car. God is everywhere at one time. Scriptures that just will help you, and they help me today. God has said, never, oh, say never. Come on, say it again. Never, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I'll not be afraid. Wow, that's a scripture you can memorize, a scripture that you can be thinking about in these days of the thick of it and know that God's with me always. It's so much easier to get through something when we know God's there with me. We're not pretending God's there with me. I'm not hoping God's there with me. I know that God is there with me. And when I know I can be like Job, I've heard about it, but now I've experienced it. I've seen it. Hey, you know what? We've I've gone through some things in my life. My wife and I have gone through some difficulties in our lives. I can remember a really, really dark time that we went through where I just felt like I was alone. 
I just in those moments felt like no one understands. In fact, nobody cares. And I felt really by myself. And I remember one night looking up as I was laying in bed, and on our wall we we have a a plaque, and uh, we Christine and I it's it's to each other, and it says, "Remember, I love you." But that night, as I read it, it was just the Lord the Lord Himself reading it, speaking it from His perspective. Remember, I love you, and I knew He was in the room at that moment. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I wasn't alone. I knew at that moment I could get through whatever I needed to get through because Jesus himself was there. And not only his presence was there, his voice inside me was saying, remember, I love you. (laughs) Those are the moments where we know the Lord is my helper. God is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble, always. I'm so glad I don't have to wait in the queue. Many of you are maybe having to phone for EI insurance or maybe you've been laid off or whatever the situation may be. But I've heard of people having to be on the phone in the queue for hours and hours. I spoke to somebody who just the other day said I was on hold for five hours. I'm so glad that we don't have to wait five hours for Jesus to answer and say, remember, I love you. Remember, I'm for you. Remember, I have help for you in this troublesome time. He's there immediately, no cue. He's ever present. When you pass through the waters, he didn't say he would take the waters away. He didn't say difficulty he would take out of the way, but he said, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they'll not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Come on, you can walk through the fire like the Hebrew boys did. And there's no smell of smoke. There's no effect of the fire. He's saying today, I'm with you. I'll go through you. And that fire will not set you ablaze. It will not harm you. It will not hurt you. I'm so blessed today. Thank you, Jesus, for being a God who's with me all the time. When I know that God is with me, I can face whatever is against me. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, Paul said this, I am suffering. I am going through the thick of it. Yet I'm not ashamed because I know whom I've believed. I know. I haven't just heard about him. I haven't just thought about him. I know Jesus, and I've believed in Jesus. I'm convinced. Come on, here's where the assurance comes from this morning. I am convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him in that day. There's another day. There's a day, not just in this life, but an eternal day. And Paul said, I know. I'm persuaded. I have assurance today. I want you to have that assurance today. Let me give you four things that you can have assurance in your heart today. In fact, repeat these over and over in the weeks to come. Repeat them. That's why they're in your notes, so that you can have the same assurance that Job had, that Paul had, that Jesus said, it is finished. We can thrive. He's giving us tools today to thrive in the thick of it. Number one, know that God loves me. As I shared that story with you, and so many times in my life where I've just felt, literally felt, I don't mean tangibly arms around me, but just inside, I felt Jesus so close, so close, his voice so close, whispering in my ear, I love you, being convinced. When I was a little boy, we sang a song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, and it's a great song, Little Ones to Him Belong, maybe you know that old uh, children's chorus, but hey, you know what, I sing it this way, Jesus loves me. And I know it because he told me. I want you to have that assurance today. Know 
that Jesus loves you this morning. Lamentations is really a great book. It's a book about complaining. That's what it's called. Isn't the Bible great? A whole book, how to complain. And Jeremiah wrote it and in the third chapter. Yet this I call to mind as he's just kind of dealing with the difficulties in his life. And therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. <laughs> we are not consumed. Come on, God is for you. He's not against you. I don't know what kind of God you picture today, but I want you to know the God of heaven is a God who loves you. He's not against you. He's reaching out to you today. Because of God's great love, we're not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new. Say new. That's right, new. New every morning. I'll tell you what, the news is filled with new information every single morning. In fact, it feels like every moment, but it doesn't matter as we are getting knowledge about the difficulty of the virus because the Bible says that God's, God's uh, love is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What an amazing uh, verse for us today. Number two, I know God wants the best for me. This is, I want you to declare it. I want you to know it. I want your assurance to grow today. I know, you can say that right now. I know God wants the best for me. When we're in the middle of it, we're sometimes questioning. We're, we're, like, we're like Joe. We're, we're, we're just kind of saying, God, you kind of know, you got to know, God, if I were in charge, I'd be doing this just a little bit differently. And yet, what, what we're in today somehow is for the best of what we're in. You know, throughout the scriptures, oftentimes, and I, I quoted Levi Lesko last week and talked about sometimes the pain we're in is the very passport for the places we will go. I've seen it in my life many times that if I hadn't gone through a difficult moment, I wouldn't be in the glorious moment. If I hadn't endured and learned that God was getting me through the persecution of a moment, that there wasn't an answer on the other side. Oftentimes, the greatest miracles are on the other side of what we're facing. God knows what's best for you. God knows the doorway and the pathway of where we're going just happens to go through a time of difficulty. But I know, no matter what, that's not the end. Jesus said, it is finished. I know there's something more. It isn't just what I'm in right now. I could tell you story after story today of how my wife and I have endured the difficulty just to see where we get to the other side, often we've said, I would never in a moment choose it again, but I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for anything because it was the very pathway that brought the greatest moments of our life. There have been moments of my life where I've just gotten super comfortable and complacent. Everything's going well. Now, I don't believe God authors the difficulty. I don't believe God causes the difficulty to happen, the waters and the fire that we just read about. But the enemy deals that to us, and he wants to take us out. But God says, hey, I'm going to be with you during that time. But I find that that difficult time often takes me out of complacency, takes me out of comfortability, and takes me to the higher calling that God has. God knows what's best for you and best for me. Romans 8.31 says it. What shall I say about such wonderful things as these? doesn't feel wonderful. If God is for us, who can be against us? The most wonderful rhetorical question in the Scriptures, of course, it's no one can be against us compared to God and His love for us. If God is for us, who can ever be against us as He did not spare? Think about this. Who's ever died for you? 
Who's ever loved you so much they took your place so that you could have eternal life? He didn't spare his own son. If God didn't spare his own son, he's not holding back on you today. Come on, somebody may have told you that God's holding back, that you've got to earn it. You've got to be a better person before God's going to bless you. Hogwash. That's nonsense. If God gave you everything in Jesus, he's given you everything in the journey. He's not holding anything back. Although it may seem like today you don't have everything. Come on, I want to say to you, just wait. Just wait. It's not over. Now, in God, it's finished. We're in the middle. And Jesus knows, hang on, don't, don't give up yet. If he gave up his own son for us, won't he also be able to give us everything else? Come on, say that with me today. Everything else. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us when we're in trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute? Come on, that may be what you're experiencing right now, the uncertainty of a, a layoff that you've just experienced. But come on, look, or in danger or threatened with death, dot, dot, dot. Wait for it. Come on, wait for it. Here it is. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Why? Because he loves you. He knows what's best for you and I. Number three, I know God has a plan for me. Come on, this isn't the end of the story. There's more. There's more. This truth has brought me through so many difficult times because I know what God has promised me. I know, as Job said, what God has said the future would hold. And I know I haven't seen all those things fulfilled yet. I haven't experienced all the promises of God yet. I know the plan still has a, a, a shelf life that goes on. Wherever you are today, you need to know God has a plan for you. Even if you've never understood what it meant to have God as a part of your life, today I want you to know it doesn't matter. He already has a plan. He doesn't need your cooperation to have a plan for your life. When you discover that plan, and I'm going to give you that opportunity today to discover that plan, I just need you to understand He created you with a plan in mind. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Really? What, what kind of plans would God have for me? Listen, they are amazing plans. You are one of a kind. You are unique in God's eyes. They are plans for, for good. And again, I don't know how you see God today, but the God of the Bible, the God I'm telling you about, his name is Jesus. He has plans that are good, not for disaster, to give you a future. Oh, come on, say that word. Future and a hope. Jesus taught us how to thrive in the thick of it. It's to know God has a plan. And we're at the middle of it. We're not in the end. Number four, I know God will bring me through. I know that God will bring me through. Paul said this, Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me to safety into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. There have been times when I've been with people who are really at the end of their life, and I mean that seriously and literally, as they're nearing maybe a sickness that's in their body or, or they're fighting for their life on, on, a, on a hospital deathbed. That isn't quite the situation that it is with Paul, but for Paul, they were actually going to kill him for preaching the gospel. The people of his day, there were many haters, and they hated what he was doing and hated what he was a part of, and they were threatening to take him out and to kill him for preaching the gospel. And what he had this amazing perspective. He said, well, the Lord will either deliver me from the present 
issues that I'm in, or I step into a time that is to come called eternity uh, and to be with God in a moment. There, there isn't any wait. If we were to leave this life, we would just just step over. Paul knew because of his relationship with Jesus, he would step into the, the life to come. So sometimes I've said, okay, which is it, God? Are you going to deliver me or am I going to heaven right now? Because I feel like I'm at the end of my journey. And maybe not literally, but uh, in the case of a hospital bed or as talking about ta- Paul, but just in the darkness of a moment that I have faced or darkness of a moment you might be facing. In that moment, the answer is just yes. But which is it, God? Yes, it's both. It's a win-win. As we are, uh, if we can be like Paul and just know that no matter how hard the attack may be, even if it were the worst attack possible that took my life, I'm with Jesus forever. You see, Paul kind of said it this way. Well, if you want to kill me, that's actually not a bad thing because it just kind of solves my dilemma because I don't know what's better, to be with Jesus or to continue working here for the work that God's called me to do and fulfill my plan. So if it's the end of my plan, I'm with him. If it's not the end of the plan, then I'm with him here. (laughs) You see, it's a win-win. What an amazing perspective. With a perspective like that, what could come against you? The answer is nothing can come against us. That kind of a perspective comes by knowing the Lord in a very intimate and personal way. I want you to see today as we end this service, my struggle has a purpose. God has a plan for my life today. I know that God will bring me through. I know that Jesus loves me today. My struggle has a purpose. My pain has an end. That's the assurance as we know Jesus I wonder today, just before we end this particular part of our service, if you're watching and you're in a position of your life that, as you've listened today, that you would say, but I I don't know Jesus the way you're talking about. I'm like Job. I've heard about God, and I thought God was kind of an angry God. In fact, I'm kind of happy I have the ability to watch this today without going to a church because I kind of thought if I went to one, I'd get struck by lightning. No, no, you see, God is not against you. God is for you. He loves you so very much. And I'd like to bring today's service to a moment that you would actually consider, like Job, and make a shift and say, will I just hear about God or will I see God? Will I experience Him? You'd say, Pastor, how could I experience God? I'd like to lead you in a very short, but a prayer that's very sincere. It's an easy prayer to pray. It's simply a prayer of invitation asking Jesus to come into your life. It's a prayer that Jesus will never say no to because he's already provided for it. When Jesus hung on the cross, God placed all of the punishment of sin on Jesus in that dark moment that we've been talking about on the Calvary's cross. He rose again. He sits at the right hand of the Father. Your sin and my sin's already paid for. But we have to take the receipt that it's paid for and simply bring it to heaven's attention and say, me too, God. I want to receive salvation. I want to receive this relationship. I want your love. The Bible calls it repentance. Now, there are some funny ideas of what repentance is. Repentance is simply that I've been going one way, my own way, away from God. The Bible says we're born with our back toward God. But when we come to a realization like this moment, like what you might be realizing right now, what happens is you may be afraid 
to turn toward God, what will I see? What you will see is God right there, so close, ready to receive you. He never says no. Hey, are you ready to receive Jesus? If you've never done that, I'd like you just right now to bow your head and close your eyes and simply pray a short prayer like this. In fact, repeat it after me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. That's even hard for me to say because I'm not sure I believe it. But today I want to believe that you love me. I've heard that you love me. I feel something on the inside. I choose to believe today that you love me. I want to give you my life. I want to receive you into my heart today. Forgive me and now be a part of my life. Amen. I believe if you've just prayed that short prayer from your heart today, that you're born again. That's what the Bible calls it. Your spirit is alive. You're ready for eternity. Better than that, you're ready to have a relationship with Jesus right here, right now. I'm so glad that we've been able to be a part today, Harvest. I wish I could be like that show that I watched on TV when I was a kid and see all of you, embrace all of you, know that I'm praying for you, know that your small group leaders are praying for you right now. Again, if you have any prayer requests or anything that you'd like prayer for, whether you're a part of Harvest or not on a week-to-week basis, I want you to know today that you belong today. Why not just uh, take advantage of that phone number that's coming up and give somebody a call. I promise they'll be a great person, a great voice on the other end. We know who they are, and they'll pray with you today. In fact, if you prayed with me a moment ago, why not just pray and celebrate? Hey, I pray to invite Jesus into my heart. What do I do next? If you're uncomfortable phoning uh, that number today and you prayed that prayer, Would you just go to our webpage? You can click on uh, I've Made the Best Decision Ever. We'd love to know your name and begin to help you in your journey with Jesus. Just go ahead and click that, and everything will be self-explanatory and help you in your first steps with Jesus. Hey, church, I love you so much. Christine and I are praying for you. We care about you. Uh, Let's stay in touch. I can't wait to see you again, sort of, next week uh, here at our church time. God bless you. Amen.